Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into chapters 30 through 34 of Sense and Sensibility. I know. When I, I was re-listening to them today and I was like, it's only four chapters today? Or I guess it's five, actually. But it mm-hmm. felt like these must be long chapters. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Because I flipped to the beginning and I was like, let me see how many pages are in between. I was like, oh. <laughs> she really packed a lot of uh, all the dialogue and stuff in these chapters. Yeah. So what was your first impression? Because I would say even though it seemed like there must be a lot, it just seemed like kind of a, not the most exciting set of chapters. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is like dealing with the fallout of some stuff. And then yeah, <laughs> kind of like dealing with like the uh, like shitty people of the, I call it the Sense and Sensibility universe. <laughs> <laughs> but I I didn't know it at first, but one of I think probably my favorite part of the story is in the end of this chapter where they're all at Mrs. Our Lady Ferrers. Is that her Lady Ferrers? Is that right? Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where Marianne defends Eleanor because they're all being rude. That's my favorite part yeah. of like the entire story so far. <laughs> it's it's always been the favorite part of the adaptations too, but um I enjoyed it. I I guess it's not really... I kept having to remind myself it's not been that long since the whole stuff with Willoughby happened. So, like, to give grace to Marianne for being so, like, you know, kind of over the top and her grief and... (laughs) Yeah, and to be fair, she does seem to handle it okay because she kind of wants to be alone with it. Or, you she's not so horrible in, like, public or whatever, but... You know, Eleanor is very worried about her. And I feel like we really got a lot more of like Eleanor's interiority in these chapters. The second episode came out today, the Marianne Willoughby affair Mm. (laughs) episode. (laughs) Right. And Kristen wrote me, you know, she, we have recorded with her since. Right. Since we're recording right now, but we, she hadn't heard any of the episodes before that. Or she had, I guess maybe she'd heard the first one. Anyway, the point is, she was like, you seem to uh, not really be feeling Eleanor. And I was like, (laughs) that was mild. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) But this time, I mean, after having got that, I was like, oh, gosh, people are going to hate me. But um, reading uh, this section, I was like, you know, I didn't really find Eleanor no, it's no. it's. I don't have a problem with Eleanor. I feel like she's torturing herself for no reason, and that's yeah. the problem I have with her. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's like we kind of have this like relationship with Eleanor where uh, we know that she can do better for herself, and we want her to yeah, like to see the light, and she won't. And it's like a little <laughs> bit frustrating because you're like, but you're so smart. <laughs> don't be yeah. like this. Yeah, but she does, I really enjoy her a lot in these chapters because, like, she's kind of reached this detente stage where she's like, Lucy can't hurt me. None of these people can hurt me anymore. I know Mm -hmm. exactly what the score is. And even though, like, you know, I still, um, you know, she still is like, "Uh, please don't talk to me about Willoughby if at all possible, even though nobody listens to her. It's not like, (laughs) really, it's not like if Marianne was to be constantly reminded of him. She's like, whatever. But, yeah. And then she has a few great little barbs or, I don't know, we'll see what happens when I do the recap. (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed her a lot in this one too. I always enjoy this part of the story the most, just because it really kind of harps down on the sisterly bond of the two. And I feel like we get just, I like that we just get the two of them. Not that I don't like Mama and Margaret, but I just, I do love Eleanor and Marianne when it's just them two sometimes. Yeah. And Lady Jennings gives them a lot of space, and yeah, there's a couple of really funny moments, and we have to deal with the Dashwoods, the other Dashwoods. <sighs> talk about <and> the Pharaohs. <laughs> talk about and Lucy comes back. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> yeah, I de- I was rethinking about every time Lucy comes into the book, the section. I always think about how uh, she's your arch nemesis, and <laughs> I don't think. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe I just respect her her hustle and her villainousness, villainousness. But I feel like she's not as bad to me as like maybe what's it called a Fanny or a even Willoughby <laughs> or Edward. I like am so mad at them <laughs> all the time. Oh uh, well, see, I feel like Lucy 
is the only one who's completely aware of what she's doing and is doing oh, it for maliciously. Sure. Everyone else is just different varying levels of dumb and snobbish and just thoughtless i feel like she's completely thinking about that's why she bothers me so much because she's just so like calculating and yeah she's so purposeful in her like (laughs) evilness (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, yeah i mean she's not like the most evil or anything like that but she makes me the craziest (laughs) yeah i could totally see i mean i'm not gonna give her anything but maybe it's because I know in the end, maybe things don't exactly work out for her in the way she thought she would. So I'm kind of being like, seeing her as like a non-threat right now. But I could see Uh-oh. it. She's still definitely well. on high on the list. <laughs> I can't wait till we get the last chapter. <laughs> I've said that on like every episode, I think. <laughs> I did remember though, because I, I can't remember which, it might have been the last episode, where I was like, I know I have a picture of a certain Lucy in my head and I can't remember which one she is but it is the one from the 80s who is like the lucy that is stuck in my mind as the Um, lucy okay okay. (laughs) i can't remember what she looked like does she have brown hair no she's got blonde hair (laughs) dang it (laughs) then i don't know but i i feel like it's you don't see it very clearly because it's always like a hat or something okay yeah i don't know who i'm thinking of but these adaptations all meld together in my mind, I remember her, like, not an 80s quality film. Like, I remember her, like, HG, but this <laughs> <laughs> is definitely that girl. <laughs> Your mind's been corrupted by having a 4K TV. All memories are now 4K. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, well, shall we go ahead and get into the recap? Yeah, let's do it. Is your book broken up into volumes? Um, no, although I know a lot of them are. I just have, like, the most basic illustrated version. Well, I would prefer that. Mine's in three volumes, but the chapters start over, and so I kept having to, like, calculate my mind, like, okay. (laughs) It's just, like... I always forget about that. Oh, I mean, it's not, like, a huge deal. I I just didn't know if it was just my book, because it's, like, the annotated blah, blah, blah. No, mine is all in Roman numerals, though, so it does get a little confusing when you get to, like, L's <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. well, what is an L <laughs> Like, wait, <laughs> let me try and remember that one. <laughs> okay, so we start with chapter 30, which I titled Heartbreak and Hilarity, or Eleanor is our bitch and we love her. <laughs> <laughs> I love those. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so in the, just a quick catch her up from the last episode, Willoughby was the worst, and we got Absolutely. the final letter, and now this is the fallout after that. So Mrs. Jennings comes home, and she knows the truth of the matter. She's found out, and she has, like, a real concern for Marianne. She heard it from Mrs. Taylor, who was a friend of Miss Gray, who is the woman that he's marrying, Miss Gray. And Mrs. Jennings, thank God, started right then and there setting the record straight on his character. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, She says, if this be true, he has used a young lady of my acquaintance abominably ill, and I wish with all my soul his wife might might play his heart out. (laughs) (laughs) And so I shall always say, my dear, you may depend on it. And if I ever meet him again, I will give him such a dressing as he has not had this many a day. (laughs) I said, I love her. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Miss Jennings. And then she tiptoes out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I like Eleanor's like, or I can't remember if it was Eleanor or the um, the narrators like focus on that detail of her tiptoeing, and they were saying like <laughs> as if that was what's going to bother. <laughs> <Marianne>. <laughs> but I just love. I mean, I would. Ugh, that's the so kind right. of friend I am. Who'd be like, if I see him in the street, you better believe it. He's gonna yes. get dressing down. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> so Marianne surprisingly comes down and eats. And Mrs. Jennings dotes all over her like a favorite child. And she's kind of in a daze when she comes. So when like she comes to kind of like, oh, what's happening? And she runs back to her room. And during this part is, I think, like the first time that we really see Eleanor doing justice to Mrs. Jennings' kindness. And 
she or the narrator it's hard to tell <laughs> refers to <laughs> mrs j as their good friend and i was Aww. like oh finally <laughs> <laughs> mrs jennings tells eleanor that she knows of miss gray that she has fifty thousand pounds which is good for willoughby because apparently he's all in pieces <laughs> <laughs> this is a funny expression. Uh, this is the first time I've really gotten down into the details about Miss Gray because it does explain it, but like it's one of those things. There's a lot of things in these chapters that I feel are very easy to overlook mm-hmm. because it's not really an adaptation. So if you're not reading especially closely, but Miss Gray was raised by a couple who are her guardians. And she does not get along with the wife. Hmm. And so they have been ready to marry her off and get her out of the house. Which just those details enough make me kind of feel sorry for Miss Gray. And yeah, I can only hope that they're not getting along because Miss Gray is a real biatch. <laughs> <You know, laughs> like, otherwise, she's just like from the firing pan, frying pan into the fire. <laughs> But up until this point, she didn't get to make any of these choices for herself because she wasn't of age. So now she is of age and she's like, I'll take Willoughby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then Eleanor displays her skills at getting people to behave how she wants them to. and says to Mrs. Jennings, it would be unnecessary, I'm sure, for you to caution Mrs. Palmer and Sir John against ever naming Mr. Willoughby or making (laughs) the slightest allusion to what has passed before my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Their own good nature must point out to them the real cruelty of appearing to know anything about it when she is present. And the less that may ever be said to myself on the subject, the more my feelings will be spared. And as you, dear madam, may easily believe. (laughs) I'm like, Eleanor, you know how to get what you want. Yes. I mean, you know how to try to get what you want. I don't know that that's going to work for you, but I just like the way she talks around it. And it's like... Oh, of course, they would all already be doing this. <laughs> right. <know>? Like, <laughs> they should already know them. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eleanor. And Mrs. Jennings is like, of course, of course. And I'll make sure to drop a hint on the account, on that account, the next time I see them. <laughs> a hint? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I wrote LOL in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor does try to half-heartedly defend... Willoughby to the extent that they weren't technically engaged and Mrs. Jennings responds La my dear don't pretend to defend him no positive engagement indeed after taking her all over Allen M house and fixing on the very rooms they were to live in hereafter I mean <laughs> she's only saying the truth <laughs> exactly I would feel very like relieved if I was Eleanor and heard that I'd be like yeah that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> well also it's like you know no one's gonna no one's really gonna buy into willoughby's like lie that right. he told marianne like oh it's all in your head i you know yeah sorry i think eleanor is like it's not even worth it trying to defend him because it's not like it's gonna save his reputation or something right so okay sorry mrs jennings was remembering colonel brandon and assured that he will succeed now and assures Eleanor that he has much better prospects, minus the love child. <laughs> I was like, oh, the irony. <laughs> and Eleanor goes up to check on Marianne, who is standing by the fire with no other lights in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the visual visualization of her just standing in the dark with like a blanket over her. And just the fire Standing flickering. in front of the fire, staring. <laughs> just like, oh. <laughs> She does manage to convince her to sleep, though. Okay, I've closed every blind that faces the street. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay, okay, okay. One of my favorite moments. (laughs) Eleanor comes down, and Mrs. Jennings has a glass of fancy wine that her husband loved when he had gout (laughs) (laughs) flare-ups. And Eleanor smiles to herself at the very different symptoms she now intends it for. And uh, Mrs. Jennings tells her it's for, well, Eleanor, because it's for Marianne, but Eleanor tells her that Marianne is half asleep already, but she'll drink it herself. <laughs> <laughs> that did make me laugh. <laughs> and she thinks to herself, she can still test its ability to heal heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was like, oh, that is hilarious and sad. I love you, Eleanor. <laughs> yes. I totally, like, especially in this chapter, I felt so much like, kinship with Mrs. Jennings because she's offering 
Marianne like olives and like dried <laughs> fruits and preserves and all this stuff like that and the wine and I feel like that's such a trait of mine like to take care of people I'd be like eat something please yes this is most delicious you'll love it <laughs> <laughs> it makes me happy so it'll make you happy and Eleanor has just got like this really funny dry uh like a wit underneath it all yes <laughs> really funny <laughs> Okay, Colonel Brandon comes over. Oh, gosh. And Eleanor can tell that he knows the truth, but Mrs. Jennings can't. <laughs> and she's like, Eleanor, you should let him know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had actually already heard, of course, earlier that day. And she says, you mean, answered Eleanor with forced calmness, Mr. Willoughby's marriage with Miss Gray? Yes, we do know it all. this seems to be she says this seems to have been a day of general elucidation for this very morning first unfolded it to us mr willoughby is unfathomable where did you hear it (laughs) i love the anger evident right under the surface yes (laughs) colonel b heard it from mrs ellison miss gray's guardian he just overheard her going on about it not like he asked her or anything right the one who who Mrs. Gray hated, by the way. <laughs> right. I assume. <laughs> I'm sure she was talking with glee about how she's going to leave. I finally got rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> and Eleanor is like, did you also hear that she has 50,000 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Brandon thinks that he's capable, but stops himself when it seems like he can't trust his voice to his emotions. Uh. And... She doesn't try to justify them not technically being engaged. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, Colonel Brandon comes in all, a gentleman, I thought, no, that I knew to be previously engaged. (laughs) So, like, nobody's letting him off the hook with the engagement (laughs) technical universe. Technically engaged. You can really tell that Eleanor feels the most comfortable with him. You know, like, she lets her guard down more with him than even with Marianne. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of, like, wish in adaptations that they would kind of, like, frame it as if they were, like, almost best friends. Because they seem so comfortable, and they just kind of are so candid with each other. Yeah. Well, you know, there's just never enough time. Mm-hmm. I can't... I'm interested to rewatch the uh, longer miniseries that there is of this, but I would like to see a really long... <laughs> you, know, you know, I want, like... Multiple seasons. 16 parts <laughs> for each book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mrs. Jennings the whole time was expecting to see Colonel Brandon start smiling and get happy at the thought that Marianne is free. But she saw him, with amazement, remain the whole evening more serious and thoughtful than usual. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I wrote, I feel like this book is getting funnier as we go along. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, chapter 31. Colonel Brandon's very intense story. <laughs> <laughs> Very intense. Capital B. <laughs> Colonel B's capital B. <laughs> oh, no. Capital B. Colonel B's capital B. Intense story. So Marianne is actually getting some sleep, finally. And Mrs. Jennings leaves them alone for the, for the morning. And Eleanor, in a surprising but extremely healthy act, encourages her sister to talk out all of her feelings that day. <laughs> I said, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you uh the best advice that you give your friends is not advice you could take your own yeah right marianne vacillates between hating him and making up justifications for him and one thing she is convinced of though is that mrs jennings only cares about her because she's providing her gossip that's not true marianne <laughs> and mrs jennings comes in with a letter from mama thinking it's going to make her happy. But unfortunately, all Mama knows is that Eleanor was begging her to ask Marianne if they were engaged. (laughs) That was the last thing she heard. (laughs) The minute that we knew this letter was from Mama, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) It's not going to go well. (laughs) Mama wrote being super kind and trusting of Willoughby and asked Mm. Marianne to confide in them more. And of course, this really just upsets Marianne. Yeah, it's too soon. 
The girls are left alone again, and Eleanor sits down to write to Mama and let her know what's going on <laughs> and ask her if she thinks they should stay or come home. And Marianne is voting for go home now. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame her. <laughs> then Colonel Brandon shows up, and Marianne guesses that it's him and runs away, which is just as well because he only wants to talk to Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not a story he can tell Marianne. <laughs> not at the moment. No. no. But he does have a story to tell, and it will elucidate Willoughby's character and hopefully bring a kind of comfort eventually. <laughs> but it's extremely personal. Mm. Very. He starts out with difficulty, realizing he has to tell his own story before he can tell Eliza's. So there is a woman. He says he spoke of her before who was a lot like Marion. She was raised by his father as she was an orphan with a lot of money. <laughs> hmm. And I can't really tell if he was related to her or if, like if she was related or if she was just like a friend of a friend or something. I couldn't tell either. It did kind of like seem to dance around that line. So maybe it was like second cousin or something like that. Yeah. But Brandon and her fell in love and they were very much like a Marianne and Willoughby, the Barton Cottage days. <laughs> yes. He says he can't remember a time he didn't love Eliza. Oh. Unfortunately, since she was so rich, Colonel B's dad decided that she needed to marry the oldest son. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Arranged He marriage. didn't care about her or that she was miserable. And I think he may have been abusive, even. That's it what it seemed she, like. Yeah, she says she experienced great unkindness. And Colonel Brandon had enlisted himself to go to India because he wanted to give them some space. This is the oldest son, I think. I think I've said yeah. it confusingly. Somehow he thought do, like giving them space was going to make everything better. But it did not. <laughs> no. So a couple of years later, he gets word that... They've gotten a divorce, which means that she cheated on her husband because that's really the only way he'd be able to divorce her and yet still be in charge of her money. Right. And uh, I guess she got some sort of an allowance, but not as much as she should have gotten. And it wasn't enough to live off of. <laughs> and she also had a baby. Whoops. And she basically very quickly descends the rungs of society until she ends up at a debtor's work camp where Ooh. he kind of accidentally stumbles across her after having searched and failed to find her for a while. So sad. I know. And not only that, but she has consumption. Ugh. So he gets her out and takes care of her, but she doesn't live for much longer. And he then takes guardianship of her daughter, also named Eliza. Convenient. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which... She had, um, like, a cousin named Eliza as well. Mm. Anyway, he can't raise her himself since he's a bachelor. And so he just sends her to school. And I actually think he's homeless at first. Like Technically, yeah. He hadn't quite <laughs> gotten the estate or whatever. Or maybe his brother was still alive, so he didn't have any money. I don't know. But she goes to Bath with a friend from school. And um, that's where she meets Willoughby. Uh, he gets her pregnant, promises to return, and that's the last she saw or heard from him. That's crazy. Uh, it was very much a Wickham type situation. Like, yeah, he just disappears <laughs> with with a man kind of a thing, and they couldn't find her. And oh, I, I guess I almost forgot. <laughs> I said I almost forgot. <laughs> so back to the beginning of the story, Colonel Brandon and the Eliza one. <laughs> <laughs> we're just about to elope when they were caught and he was sent off to school right, i think right, right. and that's when she married her brother anyway the day that colonel brandon left them all when they were all going to go to the picnic and also the day willoughby ended up taking marianne to alanum was the day he finally heard from eliza after she'd been missing for like eight months oh my god <laughs> like um <laughs> conveniently eight months and when he does find her she's just about ready to give birth jesus and that's when eleanor finally speaks and she says this is beyond everything <laughs> <laughs> well also it's like i don't know if maybe he learned 
his mistake from getting her pregnant and didn't do that with Marianne or Marianne just happened to dodge a bullet with time or something because... Mm. Well, it might have been that Eliza just not being as much of a gentleman's daughter type Mm. of... Not as respectable. It was just, you know, not something he was more willing to do. Right. And then, I don't want to get into it too much, but later on he does imply that she was, you know, kind of just as promiscuous as he was, but Mm. it's hard to really trust him, so... Yeah, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely don't necessarily want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but... Also, apparently, Eliza is very much a Marianne in her love for and desire to justify Willoughby, so she's Mm. still, like, trying to defend Willoughby, you know, (laughs) pregnant with his baby type of a thing. And still, like, I would run away with him still. So, at the end of the chapter, he says that he did see Willoughby. And this is another part that I didn't notice until I watched an adaptation with this part in it. But Mm -hmm. it's just, like, so easy kind of to read over it and not notice what's happening. But Because they don't say it outright. But he basically um, met Willoughby for a duel over Eliza, not Marianne. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Neither were hurt, so word of it didn't get around. Mm. And Eleanor is like, well, that's stupid, but he, she just kind of figures it's a military man thing. Like, well, you know, what can you do? <laughs> right. She's like the rest of us where it sounds really stupid, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the very last thing, Eliza and her child are now living in the country. And after all that, Colonel Brandon leaves Eleanor so that she can mull it all over. <laughs> <laughs> Be like... Mouth agape. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chapter 32. Good breeding is better than good nature. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Eleanor tells Marianne everything that Colonel Bree... Bree? Colonel Bree. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's all that Marianne needs is some Colonel Bree. (laughs) Cheese to soothe the soul. (laughs) She... Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) She listens to it all fairly calmly and believes it all. And it makes her start acting nicer to Colonel Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) She will now speak to him with a compassionate respect. (laughs) But overall, it seems to make her feel worse. So, so much so that she doesn't really seem to be able to talk to Eleanor about it, which is Mm -hmm. hard on Eleanor. Yeah, that's sad. (sighs) Again, Eleanor, I say, just the fact that it's hard for you to not have her open up to you make you think at all about how she might feel about you? <laughs> Does but it drive you crazy? I'm trying not to harp on Eleanor. <laughs> so Mama writes back again. And she is as pained as Marianne and as indignant as Eleanor. And she wants them to stay in town because she thinks that at home Marianne would just, she wouldn't have any distractions around her and she'd just be reminded of him over and over again. And of course, Marianne is not happy about this, but she promises to rely on her mother's guidance in this. And it also does make her feel better that Eleanor can have a chance of seeing Edward if they stay. (laughs) (laughs) If I can't have love, maybe she can. Yeah, right. (laughs) And everyone's been very good about not mentioning the W word in front of Marianne. (laughs) But they really can't help themselves about talking about it with Eleanor. So we see Sir John vows never to speak to him again, even if they're the only two people in the room for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Which, uh, you know, would be impossible for him. Exactly. (laughs) The sentiment is nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mrs. Palmer is dropping the acquaintance immediately even though they aren't currently acquainted. (laughs) (laughs) That lady laugh. She resolves to never speak of him again, but keeps Eleanor informed of all the particulars of his upcoming marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Lady Mental... I can't speak. Lady Middleton (laughs) never mentions it because she's already practically forgotten since she barely ever thinks of anything outside of herself and her children. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for good breeding. Eleanor seems to prefer it over good nature, which is where I got the name of the uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> chapter. She's like, I'd rather people just keep their mouths shut and be good bred than have a good nature and want to talk to me about this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lady Middleton has actually soon forgotten it so far as to want to leave a card for Mrs. Willoughby when the time comes. Gross. <laughs> <Like lady. laughs> Think for one second. Uh, yeah. So two weeks after they get the letter from Willoughby, mm. he's married. Would have thrown it right in the fire. Two weeks and he gets married. <sighs> Eleanor has contrived to be informed the second the church bells ring, and so is the first to break the news to Marianne, who cries all day again. <laughs> no, how do you have that many tears? I know. And then, unfortunately, the Steels arrive in town. <laughs> I guess they weren't with the Middletons. I might have said that they were with the Middletons, but I was wrong. <laughs> Lucy is all, I knew I would find you here still. I always thought you would oh, stay. <laughs> I hated this section. I wanted to slap her at her face. <laughs> exactly. She's like, I'm Rude. glad you didn't keep your word. And it says, Eleanor perfectly understood her. <laughs> God, I cannot speak. Eleanor perfectly understood her and was forced to use all her self-command to make it appear she did not. <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious <laughs> Eleanor is a better person than me because I would have out loud said <laughs> I'm glad that that Edward's not going to keep his word to you that they're not getting married oh my god I would have just told Lucy her. to back the fuck off and not talk to me again I just I could not have dealt with her <laughs> I'm telling everyone your secret <laughs> I'd be like I know exactly what you're doing and I'm over it get out of here I don't care <laughs> Uh, we learn that Anne Steele has maybe a beau in a doctor and wants desperately <laughs> to be teased about it. <laughs> Her new beau. And Lucy says, I guess you'll be seeing your brother. And Eleanor says, no. <laughs> and Lucy's <laughs> like, but I bet you will. And Eleanor would not humor her by further opposition. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lucy tries to insult them staying so long away from their mother but mrs jennings shuts her up <laughs> Good. she's like they haven't been here that long <laughs> and lucy's forced to be quiet and then Anne <laughs> threatens to barge into marianne's room to see her but lucy's better manners check her sister another instance of good breeding being better than good manners <laughs> yeah <laughs> or good whatever and good, lucy's sharp reprimand which now as on many occasions though it did not give much sweetness to the manners of one's sister was an advantage in governing those of the other <laughs> <laughs> right on theme with the chapter title that i gave it oh yeah okay okay so <laughs> chapter 33 i wrote a chapter so annoying i can barely relate it <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so Marianne is convinced to go out with her sister and Mrs. Jennings. Oh, sorry. Marianne is convinced to go out with her sister and Mrs. Jennings finally. And she makes them promise that they're not going to visit anyone while they're out. <laughs> Eleanor is trying to sell slash pawn some of Mama's older jewelry. And Mrs. Jennings leaves them to it while she pays a visit somewhere. Unfortunately, the sh store or whatever is too crowded and they have to wait for a particularly pompous and, in my <laughs> opinion, rude man to yes. pick out a toothpick case. <laughs> <laughs> Which takes him like half an hour. <laughs> and they're like, he, of course, had to look at every single detail of every single thing about yes. a toothpick <laughs> case all over the place. <laughs> he had to see every option. I did like how at... I think it was the end of his little transaction, how the the narrator or Eleanor or both, I can't tell, was like, and when he relayed the day that he possibly couldn't go on without this toothpick case anymore, he left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Eleanor was really hoping that, like, he would see them and let them go first, but he just kind of stares at them rudely without speaking to them. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's it says bestowing another glance on the Dashwoods, but such a one as seemed rather to demand than express admiration. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Look at me. So okay, anyway, so he leaves, like you said, and when Eleanor is wrapping up her negotiations, who should she find standing next to her but her brother, John Dashwood? What are you doing here? <laughs> He's been in town for two days, 
but he really hasn't had a chance to call on them because he had to go to the zoo and other things. (laughs) (laughs) And he does want to meet with, you know, Mrs. Jennings and Sir John and everything. And he does see Mrs. Jennings when she returns. And so I I think the next day he comes to visit as he ought to. Fanny, though, sends her excuses. (laughs) (laughs) Good. He meets Sir John and Lady Middleton and Colonel Brandon, and he's convinced that Colonel Brandon is going to marry Eleanor. And (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He outright says, you have too much sense to be expecting to marry another person you might be thinking of. Speaking of that person, his mother has picked out a Miss Morton with 30,000 pounds for him to marry. Hmm. That's Edward. (laughs) Just in case I'm being too cryptic. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not for you, but for the audience. I don't know. The listeners. Um, Then he goes on about how little money he has to cover all of his expenses and how he's cut down all the old walnut trees and brambles at Norland to make room for Fanny's greenhouse and flower garden. Rude. <laughs> Eleanor barely speaks a word because she has nothing to say that isn't insulting. <laughs> <laughs> I said, God, how I wish she would use her... Oh, no. God, how I wish she would be using her powers of secret bitchiness, but I guess she still has some sense of wanting to be nice to her brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh. She's like, oh, he is my brother. (laughs) I said, this whole chapter is just John being a moron and a dick, and I can't relate any more of it except that he found everyone much more respectable and richer than he imagined, and that Fanny hadn't come because she's a snob who thought they were all beneath her because Mrs. Jennings' husband got his money from a low profession. (laughs) I hate And then I wrote myself, try to figure out what Mrs. Jennings' husband did for a living. (laughs) But I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> I was also trying to figure that out, but um, I don't. Think I think he was in some sort of trade. Probably like would I guess I don't think I don't think alcohol trade would be like considered low, would it? Oh, probably. I'm sh- any kind of trade is considered low. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> to to the likes of yeah, you know, John Dashwood. That's all I wrote for that chapter. <laughs> I guess I just could not stand John Dashwood when I was reading it. <laughs> I couldn't either. This was probably the hardest chapter out of, out of this bunch for me to get through because I was like, I just hate him so much. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where. I don't think it says in the book, so I guess we can just assume it's alcohol Ooh. or shoes or something. <laughs> <laughs> something not like extravagant. Something where you can make some money. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay, chapter 24. Okay, so Fanny, trusting her husband's judgment of everyone, visits. (laughs) And she especially finds Lady Middleton to be the most charming woman in the world, of course. And Lady Middleton was (laughs) equally pleased with Mrs. Dashwood. (laughs) There was a kind of cold-hearted selfishness on both sides, which mutually attracted them. And they sympathized (laughs) with each other in an insipid propriety of demeanor, and a general want of understanding. <laughs> I said, tell us how you really feel, Jane. <laughs> exactly what I was just saying. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Jennings thinks Fanny is rude since she was clearly ignoring her sisters-in-law. Thank you. And Eleanor wants to know if Edward was in town, but refuses to ask. <laughs> but of course, Lucy is always there to provide the answer. And she says that he is in town, but can't visit her, Lucy, for fear of giving their affection for each other away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Keep telling yourself that. I'm sure that's what he tells her to not see her. (laughs) He does manage to call in Eleanor twice over the next few days. Mm. (laughs) He just leaves his card while she's out, though, because can't be bothered to actually see her person. No, of course not. Uh, But she was equally happy that he came as she was that she wasn't home when he did. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy and Anne managed to get themselves and their babysitting skills introduced to Fanny and get themselves an invitation to stay with them for a week. I said, I mean, I assume it's the babysitting since that's why Lady Middleton likes them and she recommended them. Also, Fanny and John plan a dinner for everyone. Mostly because they like the Middletons, but they of course have to invite everyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, they invite Brandon, Marianne and Eleanor, Mrs. Jennings, and the steals are already there. And also, Mama Ferris is going. Hmm. No, thank you. Lucy is all nervous and excited and trying to make Eleanor jealous at every turn. And Eleanor, for her part, is also excited to meet Mrs. F out of curiosity, but isn't nervous anymore and also really doesn't care what the old bat thinks of her. (laughs) 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 Luckily, since Lucy will be there, Edward will not. (laughs) (laughs) I said, girl, get a clue. And I said, who am I kidding? She has a clue and she refuses to care. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, okay, we get the description of Mrs. Ferris. Mrs. Ferris was a little thin woman, upright (laughs) even to formality in her figure and serious even to sourness in her aspect. (laughs) Her complexion was sallow and her features small, without beauty and naturally without expression. (laughs) But a lucky <laughs> contraction of the brow had rescued her countenance from the disgrace of insipidity <laughs> by giving it the strong characters of pride and ill nature. And I said, Jane Austen would have loved drag culture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, her descriptions. Okay. So Mrs. Ferris is particularly rude to Eleanor, but Eleanor does not care now. And... I mean, that's the one good thing about Lucy. <laughs> She's made it so Eleanor's like, I don't care about any of you people's opinions about anything, so lay it on me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks she would have cared before she found out about Lucy, but I have my doubts. <laughs> so Mrs. F does distinguish Lucy, probably just in spite of Eleanor. Really? I wrote just to spit Eleanor, but I don't think that's what I <laughs> She might as well have spit on Eleanor. <laughs> Eleanor actually is getting like a secret laugh at this and she knows she wouldn't be doing that if she knew the real truth. <laughs> yep, that's true. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Uh, yeah. They spare no expense on the dinner, so I guess money isn't so tight as John implied. Big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it says there was no poverty of any kind except of conversation, but there the deficiency was considerable. <laughs> but there is no peculiar disgrace in this for it was very much the case with the chief of their visitors who almost all labored under one or other of these disqualifications for being agreeable want of sense either natural or improved want of elegance want of spirits or want of temper (laughs) (laughs) these are the things that make me think always that this is the funniest book Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it just feels like the most honest so far. Yeah, well, definitely. After dinner with just the ladies, it is particularly terrible because they all have a discussion of whose son is the tallest. And they said, <laughs> I'll spare us since this is getting long. <laughs> <laughs> then they bust out Eleanor's painted screens and everyone admires them, even Fanny. But when Mrs. F learns who painted them, she thinks they're nice, but not nearly as nice as Mrs. Morton's. And this is <laughs> your favorite part. Marianne gets heated and is like, who the fuck is Miss Morton? We don't know any Miss Mortons. We're admiring my sister right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Get then, she, then she goes over to Eleanor and whispers to her, don't mind them. And then, overcome with emotion, she breaks down in tears on her shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) And crying in public makes everyone concerned. So, Sir John remembers how pissed he is at Willoughby, and he has to go relate the whole tale to Lucy in a whisper. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) And the last paragraph is John feeling sorry that Marianne has probably lost her bloom forever and will never be pretty again. And he says all this to Colonel Brandon. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> oh, thank God that chapter is over. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's great. It has some great moments. It's also like, oh my God, these people are the worst. And obviously you yeah. know it because you were describing them all as the worst. <laughs> That's, yeah. I was like, the narrator slash Eleanor is being very honest. 
And it's just like the gathering of all the worst people that are in this book, except for Willoughby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I wonder what people of the time thought. Were they like, oh, she's calling us out? Or were they like, oh, we're not like that? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there's... With, especially with, like, people of that level of selfishness and narcissism and everything that they're going to be, like, they always think it's about someone else, like, the bad stuff. Right, right, like, right, of course. Can't be about me, even though I just <laughs> did that. So I was Googling, because my book, it, didn't, it just mentioned that because he was in trade, it was considered, like, lower class. Uh-huh. So I did, like, a quick Google, and what I could see is it could be either, like, the whole new money versus old money, because a lot of tradesmen were making, were becoming wealthier. It wasn't like they were, uh-huh. like, old, big families, but... Right, Or right. it could be that a lot of trade money, like, a lot of the rich trade people were, made their money off of the slave trade, and... That I guess because England had outlawed slavery a long time before, at least and at home, not in the colonies, but it was looked at unfavorably because that's how they got their money. Mm. So it could be one of those. I don't. I've never heard it implied that she, um, that they got their money from slavery. I've definitely heard other families implied. It could be like Austin Ouvre. Right. It could be like. Because it was saying, like, it, it didn't necessarily have to be, like, the active trading of, like, enslaved peoples. But it could be, like, the trade. Like, they're in the cotton trade and they just happen to get the cotton from a colony or, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, probably if it was, like, even alcohol that probably came from sugar grown in colonies. Right. Or, um, so, yeah. yeah. But also it makes me think, like, makes me think about, like, Santa Tend in Sydney. Like, hmm, I wonder if... Maybe he kind of had this big old attitude because he wasn't looked at how he wanted to be looked at because of how he got his money. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Yeah, because that was the last book. So, like, and this was, like, something that was changing throughout Joy Nelson's life, so. Right. But then again, I don't, it's been a long time since I read the, like, fragment of Sanditon, so. And a lot Mm -hmm. of what they did for the show is not, you know, in there. (laughs) Creative freedom. (laughs) Yeah. So, I guess we already know your favorite part. <laughs> Absolutely. It's sister Defender, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'll, along the same line, say that my favorite thing is Eleanor being a defender of Marianne the whole time and being like, please don't mention it in front of her. And, you know, like, this is beyond everything. I can't believe what a crap face he is or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And I also really kind of love her being like, I don't care what any of you people think, so bring it on. I'm just going to laugh at you, you know, under my face. Technically, Eleanor is kind of the only one who knows everything about everyone. Yeah. So she's like, go ahead, say what you want. I know the truth about every single person here. Yeah. And especially now that, like, the Marianne Willoughby situation, she's like... Yeah, I know all the secrets, and I know <laughs> even though you're being mean to me and you're being nice to her, she's the one you really will be mean to or want to be mean to right. <laughs> if you knew what was really going on. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, for sorting... I picked, I know maybe I would have waited until the end, but I picked Eleanor. Yeah, it feels like I just like didn't a think there was a set. better character from these set of chapters. Yeah, and I feel like we're getting the, I call it like the pre-opening up of Eleanor <laughs> emotionally. So we kind of really get to see a lot of her real qualities. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah, it's yeah. a good choice. And I know that I said in the past that I thought she was a Capricorn, but I've changed my mind since then. Oh. What do you think? Now I'm thinking that she's an Aquarius. Oh. Why do you think that? Because this is what made me think that. Because both are ruled by Saturn. So they're both, they have a lot of similar qualities in certain ways. Uh Uh-huh. And Aquarius is more like, they're always described as being a little bit like big picture. They don't like, Uh uh-huh. You know, they're more like, oh, what's the word? 
more about like the end goal rather than the journey or whatever that phrase is. Yeah, <laughs> She's not they're as, like yeah, obsessed with the details. Yeah, they're more thought of as like kind of geniuses in a lot of ways, but they're uh-huh. also thought of as like aliens who don't have human emotions sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> And I have a friend, I mean, I'm an Aquarius rising, but I do have a friend who is an Aquarius sun. And Mm. (laughs) one of the funniest incidences about him or things about him is that when he texts people, he, like, just the last time I saw him, we were texting back and forth. And he never, I don't think has ever, I actually asked him, have you ever used an exclamation point in your life? (laughs) He said, he said, only one time and it was an accident and I wanted to take it back so bad. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're so an Aquarius. <laughs> no emotion. <laughs> I mean, there is emotion, obviously. It's right. just like, it's not they don't like, want to display it. <laughs> right. It's not out on, yeah, on display. That's a good word. Because then it will drag them down to like everyone else's level. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and you know david lynch is an aquarius ah i could kind of see it the way he his like demeanor when he talks he doesn't seem very emotional in that sense like yeah and like the creative genius side of it like right you know, and like the thinking of humanity as opposed to the individual you know yeah so she's always like what's propriety say as opposed to what are you individually feeling right now you know like right so (laughs) plus it's an air sign and i think she's totally in her head so like oh 100 (laughs) i feel like if she was a capricorn it would be more like she'd be constantly working (laughs) you know to like get out of her head but she's just constantly thinking (laughs) (laughs) she's not making any progress (laughs) (laughs) and i did have a revelation recently because i was thinking about jane austen and her sister Uh and I know that this book seems like, since it's written from Eleanor's perspective, that that would be the Jane Austen. Like, she would put herself in that role. But when I think about her and her sister's relationship, she's the younger sister. And I actually looked up Cassandra's birthday (laughs) so I could see. (laughs) Because Jane Austen is a Sagittarius. Right. Which I think is what we put Marianne as. And her sister was a Capricorn. So... Hmm. I just feel like, you know, I don't think these are definitely like parallels to her and her sister, but I kind of feel like she would be the Marianne and that she admires her sister and so is writing her as, you know, Uh, the better of the two. But that could just be my own thing. But I I think it's a real possibility. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not like totally steeped in like their real life experiences it could definitely be inspired and a lot of the traits could be like attributed to each sister yeah i like that yeah so okay so we're gonna go with aquarius yes i like that i like that (laughs) and i would be surprised if there's like a virgo moon just because like her ability to you know learn how to like paint screens Mm -hmm. and i just feel like painting is such a skill that takes like specific kind of like practice and yeah you know a willingness to do a lot of like tedious kind of work although Mm -hmm. fulfilling if that's like what you're into (laughs) (laughs) so for D &D, lawful good i mean if she's not a lawful good who is (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) she does kind of you know is very much like these are the rules yeah definitely (laughs) yeah i like that love good then (laughs) david lynch stuff see because she can i feel like distance herself emotionally i feel like she could probably get down with whatever david lynch i don't know that she'd enjoy it but i think she'd be like (laughs) interesting exercise (laughs) (laughs) she can she can participate and have an opinion definitely she'd probably be like i like the straight story if i had to pick one (laughs) but i do think that she would be she'd be fine with watching any of them and actually maybe i don't know maybe she'd get into the like the ones we haven't done yet like some of the mystery ones like mulholland drive Mm. or last highway but of the ones we've done so far i don't know i don't i don't think she'd really get into any of it but i think she'd be okay with watching all of it (laughs) 
Yeah, I was thinking, like, she is kind of, like, in this book, a keeper of secrets, and does, like, I don't want to say, like, investigative work, but she does, like, a, like, some uncovering of things and kind of happens upon yeah. information. So maybe she would, like, some of the more mystery kind of things, like you said, and even, like, a Twin Peaks, like, maybe she's, like, an avid season one stan. Yeah, and we said last time, I believe, that Marianne, we thought, would really get into David Lynch, probably. Yeah, because she so has I could, a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah, I can see Eleanor being like, okay, fine, let's watch it again. But I think she'd right. probably think Wild at Heart was her least favorite. She'd be like, oh, not oh, Wild yeah. at Heart, of all of them, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I can't take it. It's too crazy. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable, their passion. I just can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all we do, right? <laughs> I don't know why I always feel like there's something I'm missing. In yeah, sort of. I think after it's just final thoughts and then recommendations. Okay. Final thoughts on these chapters? <laughs> uh, well, I always love these the most because of the sisterly bond that is kind of like really focused in on in these chapters. But I'm excited to see. <sighs> Marianne and Colonel Brandon develop their quote-unquote relationship a little bit more and I'm excited for the fall of Lucy Steele and (laughs) (laughs) and all the reveals where we have yet to get yeah I'm definitely excited for what's to come I feel like the next two are gonna be two of my favorites Mm -hmm. I felt like this set of chapters I mean it you could see like the sisterly bond but not like with each other so much as just like them defending each other yeah but overall i just felt like mostly a lot of annoying characters being annoying so (laughs) (laughs) not my favorite set of chapters to be honest but interesting and very interesting to read closer and like you know it's kind of really easy to overlook like the duel and yeah i can't even remember what i said at the beginning that was like something easy to overlook was it (laughs) Oh, gosh. As it, it was the, his story about his, Eliza? Maybe. Oh, you know, another thing that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> first a little bit. I like the one, like, tiny little moment when Eleanor is like, oh, this fancy wine that you got for Marianne? Yes. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> oh, she definitely one. doesn't want it, but don't let it go to waste. <laughs> I can test its um, efficiency for... Curing a broken heart just as well as she could. <laughs> yeah, Eleanor was particularly... I found her less... I don't want to say annoying because... But like... Mm-hmm. She was lighter. Yeah, it wasn't so much like a burden, I felt. She's kind right. of gotten past that stage where it's like... Well, at this point, why bother telling anyone? Because you've already gotten over it. But like, you should have told people like to go. Yeah. Oh, I also think her having to kind of care for Marianne and do all that work maybe distracts her from her own inner monologues. And <laughs> true. And it's a way for her to say, "Oh, I don't. I can't tell her because, of course, she right. cares so much about. Or she's invested in my future. You know. Right. It can't give it to her twice. Right. So. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to get to the next one, too. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, like, what all happens. I mean, I know what all happens, but I can't remember where the cutoff is. But uh-huh. we've got some big things on the horizon, and the final chapter of this book is maybe my favorite chapter of any Jane I'm Austen excited. book. Or any book. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. Me, too. I guess that's it for today. Let's go to recommendations. Yes. Do you have one? I do have one. Can you? Okay. Do you want to go first? (laughs) Sure. I've actually finished like three different shows in the past weekend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I finally finished, or finally, I finished Discovery of Witches because I'd put a lot of stuff on hold for the Olympics. Discovery of Witches, third season. Really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the (laughs) main character and how... She uh, never needed to be rescued. She always <laughs> did the rescuing, as a matter of fact. That's awesome. And I finished Around the World in 80 Days with David Tennant, and I thought it was really cute. I really liked that one. I'm not, fam- not fam- 
I don't think I'm familiar at all with the originals, so I don't know what kind of changes they made, but whatever they did, I think it worked. And <laughs> <laughs> But what I want to recommend is a new show that I started and already finished. It's called <laughs> It's on Amazon Prime. It's an animated show. It's called The Legend of Vox Machina and what? it's an animated show based on Critical Role, which is like a Dungeons and Dragons live campaign type thing Mm -hmm. that has been going on it started on geek and sundry and i remember back when it first came on but i could never really get into it because it's like four hours every episode oh my gosh and so (laughs) i just never really quite could commit to it but now that i've watched the whole show i'm like should i maybe just try a little bit to see if i can because (laughs) i do like watching people play D D. it's just you know i usually can only watch for like an hour before i'm like Okay, I got other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I really liked the the series and they already got a season two, so I'm excited for seeing that when it comes out. That's awesome. Yeah. I uh feel like especially from you, but I've been hearing about it more often lately, so I might have to add that to my little lineup that I've got going oh, you for should. myself. You should. It's very fun. It's like it's a fantasy, but it's not really set in like, like medieval you know, the medieval times or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all all the the um, people who played the original campaign are voice actors, so they all do mm-hmm. their characters' voices. And oh, that's cool. They're really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, check that out. Well, my recommendation this week is probably going to be a little bit unconventional, but. I'm going to recommend that everyone check out their local farmer's market. I have been very adamant about going every Sunday-ish, Saturday or Sunday, to our to one of the local farmer market here in Jacksonville. Um, and if you're a local, it's the Beaver Street Farmer's Market, which I think is the best. <laughs> but I've just been, it's uh, strawberry season in Florida, which is one of my favorite times of the year because I love Florida strawberries and every, <laughs> it's all so delicious and it's so much cheaper than going to the store. And <laughs> it just, I don't know, it like almost in a way like forces me to like not let anything go to waste because it feels like I'm buying sort of directly from the source in some cases. Yeah. So, and then you come across new stuff, though woman that we buy our stuff from she <laughs> like just got these like new melons i think i guess and so every time the past two times we've gone she's just like cut us off a piece and she's like try this and she's given <laughs> us these like delicious melons for free and oranges nice. for free too so <sighs> i just really love it and uh it's like pushing me to try new things so i would suggest yeah. if you have one find one in your area and check it out. You did inspire me to try to see if I could find one closer to me because mm-hmm. the Beaver Street one is a little far away for me to be going yeah. to on a regular basis. And I have been doing that Misfits Market thing, but... Oh, yeah. Which is kind of very seasonal and, like, yeah, you know, it does help me to try new things. I used to have a membership to a CSA a while, like, mm-hmm. it's been a while now. But that was fun because I would always get random stuff I had never tried before. It's where I learned that beet greens are the best things ever. And Mm -hmm. they had this kind of Japanese spinach that I really preferred because it didn't get as wilty as quickly. Oh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's definitely spring or I mean, it's March 1st, so... (laughs) <laughs> and we did have a cold day, but I, I feel like it's definitely spring. and It's definitely getting warmer. Time to start planting some stuff. I'm very excited. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes and definitely keep an eye out for any festivals. This weekend we're going to have a strawberry festival <gasps> in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. And we might be going because I might need to get 30 strawberry shakes. I definitely want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should definitely go. But Yeah. Yeah. So, let's see. Next week, we are doing (laughs) Twin Peaks Season 2, Episode 16. And then the next time we do Sense and Sensibility, the week after, will be Chapters 35 through 39. No? Oh, we've got three more Sense and Sensibilities. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought we had two for some reason. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. My brain just erased no, one of okay. these numbers in my head <laughs> anyway we're doing chapters 35 through 39 so we've got three more sections so uh, i don't know anyway <laughs> <laughs> disregard what i said earlier 
we would love to hear from you about anything we said during this episode or about what songs we should put on our sensibility playlist. Mm, I have been mulling (laughs) that over. Oh, good. Because I really want it to happen this time. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Also, hopefully there will be an announcement (laughs) on one of these about Patreon. Probably maybe already have had an announcement because I'm pretty sure Sanitin will have started by now. (laughs) Probably, yeah. So we really need to get on that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, if you would... (laughs) Yeah, all I saw were two giant furry paws just go (laughs) right on your shoulder. But if you would like to get in contact with us, you can email us at mannersdemadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersdemadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at mannersofmadness.com. And we hope that you will, because we would love to hear from you. And if you would like to rate and review us, we would really appreciate it. I realized I hadn't yes, said please. it in a while when I looked at our thing and was like, nobody has rated and reviewed us since October. So I guess I haven't mentioned Rude. it in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when we mention it, people do it, but I always forget to mention it, so... Well, yeah, we would appreciate it. Definitely five stars. You can also leave a rating without leaving a review if you don't really want to type stuff out. So Yeah, or you could rate us on Spotify. I haven't checked that in a while. Yeah. But they have, have a new rating system there. Oh. Yeah. Fancy. I don't know if you can review. I think you can just put five stars. Well, five stars across the board, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for my partial brain fog of this episode. But I hope it's edited into something tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a perfect episode because we're just perfect. that great. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we will talk to you next week with some yeah. Twin Peaks. Thank you for listening. Bye. Good night. Make it through a damn podcast without him <laughs> barking the house down. Boots. <laughs> <laughs>